What's up, my bloggy friends? Famous Ashley Grant here, and today I am bringing you an interview with Maria of Ingenious Travel. We are jamming on why your business needs a blog. There's a lot of good truth bombs in this one, and you're going to want to take some notes, so let's dive in. Tell me a little bit about who you are and what you do, and also state your name. Who are you? (laughs) Uh, Maria Stephanopoulos with Ingenious Travel. I run a full-service travel agency where we help you experience the world in a way no textbook, smartphone, or tablet can, so that you are fully immersed in the food, magic, and culture of the destination you are visiting. We focus on a lot of culinary and culture because, well, I'm Greek and I grew up that way. Food's always been a part of the culture. And um, I'm also a diehard sports fan. So my number one sport's hockey, but I'll watch pretty pretty much any sport. That's fantastic. So um, basically the reason that I wanted to bring you on is you have not just a travel business, but you actually have a travel blog. So tell me a little bit about when you started blogging for your business and why you started blogging for your business. Uh, Well, so I've had my business since 2008 and I've been blogging almost as long as I've had my business. Um, The reason for it is... When I started my business, blog was all the rage. I mean, there was social media, but it's nowhere near the extent of what it is now. And one of the only ways to show credibility was that you were talking about what you did. And that for me was through blogging and you know, people would um, comment on a blog. I, I don't get that quite as much anymore because of social media, but that's how I would find out that people were reading the blog and that I was resonating with my audience based on what it was that we were putting out. And, um, I think it really made a difference, especially at the beginning. And it still does actually today. Okay. And before we actually started recording this, you had told me something about one of the blog posts that was on your blog actually led to you getting a client. Can you talk a little bit about that? So it was a blog post that was written over a year ago and it was about the difference between, um, escorted, hosted, and independent tours. And um, I live in the Tampa area, and I got a call from a lady in Albuquerque, New Mexico, wanting to put together a 40-plus person trip over Christmas for this year. And, you know, with her being in Albuquerque, my first question to her was, how'd you find me? And she's like, well, we were looking to do a group trip, and I found your article on the different kind of tours and thought you would be a good fit for us. So that is currently in the works. That's fantastic. So she just found you because of something that you had on your blog. Yes. I love that. I love that. And and like I said, it was over a year ago and it's an article that, you know, you you put out so many blogs, you don't think about all the blogs you have out there. And so when somebody references that they found you because of something that you put out for the public, it's refreshing to know, number one, that your information is being seen. And then that the fact that it is turning into, there's a conversion from it where now we're working together and putting that trip together. That's like, okay, I was doing something right. I'm going to keep doing it, you know, because I don't know what other business I'm going to get from these articles moving forward. I love that. So now how often do you post onto your blog? Bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. Yes. 
Oh, that's um, fantastic. Okay. I keep being told that I should be doing it weekly. Um, my readers get enough information. They don't want it weekly. It was one of the things I did check with them on. Could I do it? Within the last year, absolutely, because there was a lot more time on our hands because um, people weren't traveling. I mean, don't get me wrong, like a lot of other uh, travel agents or advisors spent a lot of time on the phone canceling trips and trying to rebook our clients. But at the same time, um, I could have moved it to a weekly blog, but it would, would not have been sustainable now that travel was opening back up again. Okay. Now, you said you actually checked in with your readers to see if they wanted it to be weekly. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so basically, um, I just asked in one of my newsletters, because I use my newsletter or my blog in my newsletter uh, as my featured article, and it links back to my website. In the introduction area, I talk a little bit about myself and stuff that's going on in the news, what I've been doing that's travel-based. And I just, you know, you guys have been with me for quite a while now, you know, and I have a little survey. I just kind of doing a temperature check of where they're standing on everything and with it were the types of destinations and the different content they were looking for. And when I asked how often, by and large, um, the biweekly radio dial was checked the most. I love that you were saying that you use your blog in your newsletter because I'm a huge fan of repurposing content. I'm a, I'm like addicted to it. I talk about it all the time. So now do you use your blog to repurpose into anything else? Not like I should. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm actually in the process of redoing my website. And so I will be doing a little bit more of that with the new website because um, with definitely linking it to other posts that were written about particular destinations or whatever the topic is in particular, along with um, for itinerary use and then be using those to break them down a little bit more to use for uh, social media snippets. Okay. I love that. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of people that like, what was his name? Um, I can't remember his name, but there's a, there's a gentleman that um, has been doing a lot of videos about how to take a single blog post and turn it into seven pieces of content. And then there are other marketers that talk about the same thing. And, and that's something that kind of fascinates me. And I um, like how you can have one blog post and then you turn it into not only social media, but then you turn it into a like a YouTube video and then you add some more audio and you turn it into a podcast and then you turn it into um other stuff. And I just, I, I think that kind of stuff is kind of awesome because you do the work once and then you get multiple things out of it. And so big fan of repurposing. <laughs> yeah. I actually need to get a little bit more creative with what I do. However, again, with travel picking up, not something that I can do myself I, yeah. time-wise, not enough hours in the day. I definitely can relate. Anyway. So you said that you have been in business since 2008. Yes. How has, I know you already said that you don't get as many commenters as you did because social media has become more the thing, but how do you think blogging has changed since you began versus where you are now? Well, that's a good question. Um, with the way Google is, they're always, their crawlers are looking for new content all the time. So you have to have a blog so that you stay relevant. And I know for me, a challenge has been making sure that I'm coming up with keywords that are being searched for, which that was important before, but it is more so now because there are more blogs out there. There's more competition in that respect. And if you don't use the right keywords, you're not found. You might be found, you know, it's not that you're never found, 
but it may not be for what um, you're thinking you would be found for. Again, Google with their web crawlers, you have to post content on a website. They're looking at a lot of, you know, you can't put junk up. Not right. saying you put junk up before, but it's more important now again because of the competition. Would you say that, I mean, cause you did make a really good point. There's a lot of travel blogs out there. Is there even a point in trying to jump in and, and blog at this point or have we missed the boat? That's a good question. I would say yes for your, if you're in niched, especially in travel, yes, definitely. Because you're going to be searched for by certain, um, whatever your niche is. Like with me, I do culinary, I do sports travel, I do soft adventure. Those are my three areas that I have to stay cognizant, cognizant of when putting any information out there. But then I also have to step back and think, if I'm looking for this topic, what words am I using? Whereas before you didn't have as much competition. So your keywords could be a little bit broader and you would, could still come out because you had one, at least one of the keywords they were looking for, if not two or three at that time. Now, if you're too broad, you may not pop up at all in their search, even so, though you could be a very good fit for them. So you think that as, as long as you are niched, you can still succeed with blogging as a, at, like in your business, but you have to be a lot more cognizant about the keywords you're using. Yes. Thank you for saying that so much more succinctly than I did. <laughs> That's how I do. <laughs> anyway. Um, so now in, in travel, there's a lot that could be written about. How do you go about, like, I know you said that you sell different types of travel, but how do you decide, okay, even though this could be relevant to this niche, I'm not going to use it or I'm going to use it. How do you choose what content you're actually going to post? Like walk me through your specific process. Okay. So some of my clients are river cruise clients. And so I don't necessarily want to call out one supplier in particular because a lot, you know, there are only so many rivers and you have multiple vendors that handle those rivers. However, if there's a theme, so let's take wine for instance, because it falls within my color culinary niche, I'm going to look to see where those stops are, which ports do they go into, what's in that area. And then I will highlight a cruise per se based on the destinations that they're stopping and what you can do there, what you can see there, what you can experience by taking a Danube River cruise. And again, not saying vendor specific, but if I'm taking this, this is what I can do there. You know, and um, I think too, it's also important to highlight how there are things that somebody may, a company may be offering just kind of off the shelf kind of an experience where myself is a travel advisor can work with somebody to put together a very special experience they can't get otherwise and talk about that to help set me apart from just anybody who sells a river cruise. So if something's themed, like I mentioned with wine, I can work with a particular winery so that we're doing a wine tasting with the actual vineyard owner or if there is um, a sommelier there because there's also a restaurant attached. We can do something private and special that they may not their general public can't necessarily get. So what's, what's really great about what you just said is that as you're sharing this, 
you're truly setting yourself up as the subject matter expert in what you're discussing. And so I, I like that um, when you're when you're blogging about travel, you're you're showing your public, hey, I know my stuff. I, I know exactly what I'm talking about. And this is why you should book with me because not only do I know it, I'm showing you that I know it and I'm giving you like an open an open seat at my table to learn everything you want to know about where you're possibly going to go visit. And Hey, maybe they're going to look at it and they're going to see it and they're going to go, you know, I wasn't really thinking about a river cruise, but after reading this, Oh my God, I need a river cruise in my life. Yeah. Or even um, to set something up. Well, you know, I really don't like the water, but can I do this on land? Yes. And then how do you set up doing that on land? So I kind of provide a framework, not, telling you in the blog how you put it all together, just giving you the inspiration of what you can see, do, and experience. But then that also gives us the option of, well, even though the rivers aren't very deep and the way the river boats, um, cruise ships are designed, you don't need a lot of water. You don't want to take that chance of getting seasick and ruin your whole vacation. Great. Let's kind of mimic that into a, a land itinerary. You can decide if you want to go independently. You want to, you can decide if you want to go with some of your close friends and do a small group. Or maybe, you know, you're friends with a sommelier yourself and you want to bring the sommelier along and have them do a big wine trip. Again, just using wine as an example, but it's something that can be done in a multitude of different ways. So what do you say to the travel agent who is just starting their business and they kind of want to start a blog, but they don't really know if they should? What would you say to them if they were like, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to focus on Instagram. Well, with a blog, uh, depending on the platform that your website set up on as well, because that's going to be an important factor, um, you own your blog content. Instagram can be taken away at the blink of an eye. Uh, I had my Instagram site hacked uh, about a year and a half ago where I was getting people, let, they were letting me know, hey, you know, you've got porn on your Instagram site. I couldn't reach anybody at Instagram. I kept trying to access it through because I had my business page from Facebook connected and since Facebook owns Instagram I was trying to message them hey you need to check out my site it's been hacked you know (laughs) you got to take it down do something I got no response whatsoever so all that work that I had done to build that up was gone I'm so glad you said that I forgot about the Instagram hack um you know, it's interesting you say that because I've actually been writing about this for a lot of my clients that social media, people keep forgetting that these are platforms you do not own. Um, you know, your newsletter, you own, your email list, you own, your blog, you own. And if for some reason you were to get hacked and you lost it tomorrow, you probably have the backup that you can just reload. So if you're building your entire business on a borrowed platform, you are asking for trouble. And so I'm so glad that we, we, that you brought this up, that, that, you know, your, your page was hacked because, you know, the blog, you can keep writing content that is direct to your users, your, your ideal customers. And yeah, you can do that on Instagram too, but you could lose it tomorrow. Yeah. And and I don't think it's the same though, because on social media, people don't want to read a blog post. True. And so, you know, you've got to be cognizant of everybody's attention span as well. And social media goes so much faster that mm-hmm. it's funny because I'll see people, travel agents as well as others, posting these really long Instagram posts. And I'm all, I'm not going to read all that. I wouldn't think that my potential clients or my clients would either. If they want to read something more in depth, they're going to read my blog. Social media 
you know, you talk about that two second attention span, they're not going to read it. Absolutely. They're going to look at the pretty picture and hit like, and they're going to move on. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. So now do you think that, I mean, obviously I already have a bias. I do believe this, but what do you think about using blogging for other businesses? Oh, I think it's, I think it's important. Um, to, no, okay. It's going to be subjective to what people are looking for, obviously, but I, when I go to do searches for things that I need information on, I'm looking for blog posts, not looking at social media, because again, the snippets are usually short and that doesn't usually answer my question. So I'm looking for either a blog or YouTube, because I know a lot of them too are converted, like you said, being multi-purpose to be able to answer my question. You have a lot of blogging content. Yes. What do you plan on doing with all of it? Do you have any future plans for all of the content that's already on your page? Not exactly. And a lot of it is because I, from when I started, I did a lot of it more piecemeal. I need to really sit down and put together a more structured format for my blog so that I can turn them into lead magnets and they make more sense to go together. Um, They're, again, talking about repurposing, right? So. I need stuff too that I can just easily update, especially now after how the world had shut down because of COVID and we're opening back up. And unfortunately, not all the restaurants I've talked about in the past are still there. Some of the tour operators and excursions that we were able to do no longer exist. And, you know, so to be able to have something like that, that's fluid, I really need to do. I just... I need a better plan with what I'm doing with my blog, as opposed to just getting content out there to be found by certain keywords. Okay. So would you say that um, making a plan, making an editorial calendar is critical for success in blogging for travel or for for any business, actually? I would think so. Yeah. Um, I think I, for me, and I know, and I know that not everybody reads the content every week. So if I were to do two or three posts that are around the same subject, the likelihood of too many people reading all three is very low, just because that seems to be what it is, you know. Um, Now, if I had more of a following, I might think a little bit differently. But trying to find the balance of how often to post on which topic and have it still be relevant where I'm not boring people where somebody says, oh, she just wrote about this last time, you know. So that's something that moving forward, I'm working on. Well, with the world being such a big place, do you find yourself with too much, too many content ideas? Or do you find yourself struggling to come up with something new to say? Um, A little bit of both. And uh, to get over the hurdle of the world being such a big place by being niche, that really does change a lot because it's not everything. You know, I'm not historically haven't sold a lot of Caribbean, even living in Florida, I still sell a lot of Europe. Well, the Caribbean has been pretty open through all of this. So even though I'm still writing about Europe, I'm not seeing conversion. Um, If I started writing about the Caribbean, I probably would get more Caribbean bookings, but that's not what I want to focus my sales on moving forward. So I'm still staying with Europe, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. You know, I get the whole all right, I'm going to write about, say, like a wine theme river cruise this week. And next week, I'll write something about 
golfing in Scotland. Well, those are two extremely different articles and trying to decide, okay, well, do I have too many articles already that I've written on golfing in Scotland? Cause there are only so many golf courses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, because not everybody's read the old stuff. So I can still use some of the old stuff to put in this blog instead of just um, refreshing the old one, so to speak, give it a different blog title and add some other things that weren't in the first one. Um, but yeah, it's like, well, how many times can I talk about the Danube River? There are only so many stops along it, mm-hmm. you know? So trying to come up with some different angles to keep that information fresh. So knowing like I said, it's kind of a catch-22. I get that. So knowing what you know now, is there anything that you've done with your blog that you would do differently? I think I would have started with a truer editorial calendar sooner. When I first started in travel, I was not sure what I wanted to sell. I just wanted to sell travel. Yeah. Didn't matter where it was, what it was, I wanted to do it. And since the company's been around now, so like I said, since 2008, that um, I focused a lot more on what it is I want to sell. I'm doing a lot more for those surrounding the, well, the destinations that will fit. Now, some people will say, well, you got to eat anyway. So doing food focused travel can be done anywhere. Well, it can, but then what is it that I want to focus on to sell? Like I said, I, I don't sell a lot of Caribbean. It's not because I don't like the Caribbean. That's just not where my focus is. And I feel, especially here in Florida, there's so, because the Caribbean is so close mm-hmm. that there are already a lot of travel agents doing that. Well, and plus, I mean, if you think about it, just because you are, let's say, niching for wine cruises or river cruises or whatever, it doesn't mean you can't sell a Caribbean trip. It just means that that's not your focus for your blog. Exactly. Yeah. If somebody were to call me and say they wanted to go to St. Lucia um, for a honeymoon, absolutely. I can book that. That's not a problem. I have the contacts and the wherewithal and the know-how and to do that. But that's, again... Yeah, like you said, that's just not the focus. Now, do you think that travel does better with blogging than another business would? Not necessarily. I think you might see more pictures than you would say for a doctor's blog, because (laughs) not everything that you have to write about for a doctor's blog is going to be appealing to the eye. And so, you know, and I know it's going through your head right now, I'm pretty sure, um, but at the same time, you know, okay, a photographer's blog obviously is going to have a lot of pictures. Mm-hmm. But I think as the old adage goes, a picture's worth a thousand words. I think that's very true. And I think in a sense to be able to read it and, well, I guess it's all visual as far as reading and then seeing the pictures, that to me creates a fuller picture. Pardon the pun on that. <laughs> didn't realize what I was saying until I said it, but it really does give you a fuller idea of the experience that you can have while visiting a destination. Now, I I have to bring back something that you said earlier. Uh, We we mentioned that with social media, you know, we have a two second, a two second attention span. So how long should a blog post be for a business? If everybody has such a short attention span, should we do short posts, long posts? What do you think? Combination. And I think it's Love it. topic. Oh, I'm so glad she said that because I completely agree. Be- well, and you know, it's interesting. Um, as I mentioned a little while ago, I'm redoing my website because my website had also gotten hacked. And so 
in there was malware on it and there had been um, a website audit done. And one of the things that came up was that there was more code on my page than text. And that was, they said, because the uh, my blog posts were too short between three and 500 words. I have some that are longer, but you know, again, I want people to keep coming back. So I'm not gonna give you the whole enchilada in one blog post, right? And that gives me more topics to write about that way. So, you know, I asked, a friend of mine who designs website about uh, designs websites about that animal. So they're saying that I've got this error here that there's too much code. And I showed him the blog post in question, and he's like, "Yeah, no." He goes, "I don't know where they're getting that metric from." He said, "Your blog posts don't need to be more than 250 words if you don't want them to be." But again, depending on what I'm talking about, some things can be that short. But if I'm doing, say, a site inspection of a hotel that I've never been to and I want to sell, I'm going to include pictures, but I'm also going to talk a lot more about that hotel. Why would I recommend people go here? What makes it stand out from the competition? You know, where it's located, how long it's been around, some of the history of it to entice, you know, paint that picture to entice people to stay there. That's more than 250, 300 words. Absolutely. And so I it's really about the purpose, the, the purpose yes. of what you're trying to do with that specific post that determines yes. the length. And I think where I do think travel has an advantage is by using images, it helps to break up the content. So you're not just reading one full page. Well, and after all, they do say a picture is worth a thousand words. Exactly. So exactly. if you want a 250 word blog post, just add a picture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works quite like that, but close. (laughs) You know, if you're, you're going to show off the, um, the different room categories. Yeah. You know, you could put in a slide, um, option in your blog post that you're, or a carousel where you can see the multiple pictures, but that's not going to be the whole thing. You're going to explain what might make them different, what each room type is and where, where it's located in the hotel. And you may not want this kind of room type because this is where it's going to be and it's too close to the elevator and you're not going to get any sleep at night if you're in New Orleans near Bourbon Street because you're going to hear not just the noise outside, but the elevator going up and down at all hours of the night. So, I mean, to you know, I mean, that's an extreme, but to be able to explain that, okay, maybe I'm a little wordy, but <laughs> you know, and I, I think you understand what I'm getting at as far as it, the purpose of it, again, like you said, is going to make the difference. Yes. And, and uh, speaking of, if you're going to have the cheaper room that's near the, uh, the hotel's elevator, invest in a really good set of earplugs. I learned that in Thailand. (laughs) I really wished I had earplugs. Um, Let's, let's kind of go out of the travel niche for just a second. Let's, let's, let's talk about uh, other businesses in your opinion. Um, In doing all this blogging for your own business, do you think that there are any businesses that aren't blogging that really should be? Everything that I've been looking at has had a blog of some sort. So I really don't know of any that don't, I mean, like restaurants don't because their purpose is different. You know, people are there to see what their hours are, what their menu is, if they're having any kind of entertainment, you know, that kind of stuff, as opposed to 
I partially agree with you, but I partially disagree with you. Um, there's actually one particular restaurant that I actually want to go to more because of their blog, because they're giving away the recipes to the very things that they're serving. And that's Bahama Breeze in Tampa. Um, I started going there more because I would look at their recipes and go, damn, this is going to take way too long to make. This is going to be way too many ingredients. And so now that I see what it is that they do, I'm like, okay, I'm more comfortable now going to happy hour and ordering, you know, that mango salsa that is going to take 17,000 ingredients that I don't want to keep. (laughs) Okay. And that makes sense. That really does make sense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I just, I guess I was just curious because, you know, there's, there's all these people talking online about blogging is dead. Blogging is no longer a thing. You don't need to blog. You just need social media. You just need, you know, YouTube or whatever, but there's still something to be said about the written word. There is. And again, going back to all the social media stuff, you don't own those platforms. You lose your account. It's gone. I mean, so with my virtual vacations, no, I will fully admit I've been bad at keeping up, getting them the recordings on the YouTube and connecting them to my page or to my site. However, if something were to happen to YouTube and those go away, all I have to do is delete that page from my website and it, I still have everything else that I own. You know, that's just one piece that's no longer working. You know, if I, I try to do everything through social and, and, and don't get me wrong, a lot of people can monetize social, but there's, there's a lot of truth to that, but you can't have that be your only stream of revenue because again, you know, Facebook and Instagram, both owned by Facebook, something happens to Facebook, there go two streams. Well, and it's Um, interesting. You said the thing about YouTube because, um, earlier this, well, no, now it's June. Um, earlier last month, I received an email that, um, from YouTube's uh, terms and conditions, reminding people that their terms and conditions have changed and that even videos that are not monetized, they reserve the right to add an ad to it. They, they can put an advertisement on it. And what's interesting is one of my clients that I'm blogging for, that I'm doing the ghost blogging for, their top competitor keeps buying ads on their YouTube videos. And so every time I go and watch a video for this, this particular um, client, I keep seeing ads for their top competitor. What do you think about that? I don't know if they have any, well, no, they don't have any control over that yeah. at all. I, I mean, it sucks unless they want to buy ads, create their own ads and buy it for their own, you know, their own videos, which I think is horrible. Um, but I don't think they have any kind of recourse to it because of the fact that it's not their platform. Yep. They can't. You know, they can't block things. They can't, I mean, they can only add so much, even it's not even as they have full control over what they're posting per se, because if they change their terms of service yet again, which we know these social platforms are doing quite often now, there's another roadblock for you to get through. If you can get through it, it may, you may find out that it's not a viable option for you anymore. Yeah, that's actually been happening with Twitter. One of the uh, influencers I follow, every single tweet she does with a video has an ad in it. And I don't think she's the one that's doing the ads. I think it's just something that because she has a large following, Twitter is adding ads because they can. I mean, how else are they supposed to monetize their own free platforms? What is it? um, There was an amazing (laughs) quote that I read. um, And of course, I'm going to forget who said it now. Uh, I'll have to add it to the show notes. But the quote said, if you are not paying for the product, you are the product. Mm-hmm. 
And that is so true when it comes to social media and YouTube and things like that. And it's, it's not surprising to me that so many businesses are taking all of their videos off of YouTube and they're now getting paid accounts on Vimeo yeah. because they don't want competitors getting the chance to monetize off of their hard work, their following. Right. Yeah. Um, so we, we talked about the lengths of blog posts. We talked about uh, attention spans. We talked about platforms. Something very important that I want to bring up. We, we've been talking about repurposing and we've been talking about, you know, how you own your blog. You're selling travel on your website, but in your opinion, is there any benefit to taking your blog and using it to monetize in other ways to add an extra revenue stream to your business? There probably is. And I'm not 100% sure on what that is. I'm not going to open it up to you know, for Google ads. I don't want my competitors ad on my site. I don't want ads on my site like that. You know, um, there are a lot of people that don't, that doesn't bother and they're definitely open to it. That's not me. Actually, no, I do think you can. So when you talk about like Bahama Breeze and them having the recipes on their website, I'm going to start posting more recipes on mine as well because of all the different destinations that are becoming open and I want to entice people to go visit. I can take those recipes that I've gotten from my supplier partners all around the world and create a book with it and sell it that way. So yes, I do think there is a way to do it. Across all industries, not sure. But actually, yeah, I mean, if you look at sports industry, like golf, for instance, if you've got somebody talking about the right mechanics for a swing and they've got a short video even that they can use in the blog, well, because of all the eBooks and the electronic options out there, they can easily then put all those together and you have a visual book, if you will, showing you the correct positioning for the different swings, uh, how you should stand, what kind of stretch you might need to do, anything like that that's related to that and turn it into a monetizable product. I love that. And one of the things that um, I'm noticing a lot of my uh, ghost blogging clients, what they're doing is they're all creating resource pages with affiliate links. For instance, one of them is a, um, is a, is a coach for businesses. And so what she has done is she created a resource page for, you know, all the different email services that you can have, all the different web hosting providers, all the different uh, things that a business person would need, uh, like your Kajabi and your your courses, your Thinkific and all that stuff. And every single one of those links in her resource page is an affiliate link. And she actually talks about in each of these things, like to keep it authentic, she discusses what she thinks of them and whether or not she thinks it's worth it. So she's still authentic, but she's still making money if anybody buys based on those things. And um, I think you and I have actually talked about this in the past about doing affiliates, uh, affiliate links for travel. And I'm curious as to what your thoughts are in terms of if you were to add affiliate links to a travel business blog, how that would look like, how you think it would go? I'm not sure if I would have it just as the links or if I would add them as a store. Okay. To be able to purchase um, anything from travel supplies, like if they wanted travel cubes for packing, if they wanted uh, some kind of an electronic, whether it be, say, a battery charger or an adapter when they're traveling internationally to, as I mentioned earlier, doing golfing in Scotland, well, you also have Scottish whiskey. So 
maybe I'm selling whiskey in the store as well. For those who want to go on a safari, I have safari type clothing that would be, a, you can wear anything to go. There's a better kind of clothing to wear when you actually go on a safari because of the weather conditions and you want to somewhat blend in with your surroundings. So you don't want to go with something say neon pink or yellow for that. So yeah, something like that, that would fit travel, but still instead of just affiliate links, not saying that if I'm doing a blog for holiday gift ideas or for something for Mother's Day or Father's Day, yes, I could definitely see the an asset of what to get for that traveler that has everything. And you could have a bunch of different items that are affiliate links. Yeah. Not all the time. Right. Number one. And then as a store, I think it sets it apart. But yeah, some of that stuff can be pulled in to some of your blog posts. Yeah. And I, I think a very it's a long-winded answer to that question. No, no, I love it. I love it because it, it definitely like shows, or not shows, but speaks to the fact that a blog can be more than just words. It can be, it can be a gateway to not only more monetization opportunities, but also to more um, giving your audience the knowledge that they're looking for. It's, it's a way to connect with them. It's a way to build the relationship. It's, it's so much more than just words. And I guess that's one of the big things that I keep trying to tell my ghost blogging clients is if you do not have a blog, you are closing off a communication stream. You are, you are preventing your people that need to hear from you from hearing what you have to say and what they need to know. And so you're basically saying, Hey, I know some stuff, but I'm not going to tell you my competitor might. <laughs> no, it definitely speaks to your credibility. Yes. Yeah, so if uh, using travel again, if I've got a small business owner, cause I work with small businesses as well, to create group trips to help strengthen that relationship with their clients, but we just do it through travel. So if they want to see whether or not I really know what I'm talking about, by them going to my website and seeing my blog and the kind of content I put out there, that reinforces whatever conversation we have, we may have already had or we're about to have because they were able to, you know, that's my online brochure. Yeah. And it's more than just a few pages. You know, they're, they're seeing that because I post it often, um, the different destinations that I've covered that, yeah, she, she knows what she's doing. I ha and again, like with the, um, the different recipes from the different tour operators and suppliers that I work with around the country or around the world, it shows, I know people who are there. If something were to happen, there's a contact right there, boots on the ground. That's an extension of my company that's there to help them. So that I think reinforces that safety factor that people want to make sure they have, especially now. But if I didn't include those kinds of things on my blog, they're not going to know that about me. They're not going to know that. Yeah. She knows what she's talking about. She's got somebody who can help me if I need it while I'm traveling. Cause let's face it. It's something, you know, God forbid something happens on a trip. You can call me by all means. I don't care what time of day it is, but it's a lot faster for you to call somebody who's right there. Same time zone who can help you get exactly what you need in real time. Is there going to be a bit of a delay calling me and then me calling them? I am more than happy to do that. Right. But again, that's showing I've got that connection to help you feel secure while you travel. And ladies and gentlemen that are listening to this, uh, this is all the more reason you should use an actual travel agent instead of one of those online booking sites that we shall not mention. Just had to give that well, little plug there. <laughs> and I appreciate that. And I'm going to 
just to reiterate too, when everything was shutting down last year, those people who booked the DIYers that booked online, they were waiting hours and hours. A lot of them did not get refunds. They weren't able to just change their travel dates. We help with all that. So it just, yeah, and, and, and some people are still not getting refunds from all that stuff when the pandemic hit. And, right. you know, I, I, you see all the horror stories, like there are Reddit threads, like all about, oh, we, we have no recourse. They basically told me tough luck. And there's nothing you yeah. can do about it. And so that's why it's so important to, I, I know we're basically now turning this into an ad for why you should uh, have a travel agent, <laughs> but, it, but it's, but it's basically, it kind of goes back to the blogging as well in the sense that, you know, showing off your expertise shows your ideal customer. I know what I'm doing and I can help you. So Maria, I have to ask you a very important question and I've only recently started asking this, but I, I have to ask you, will you be my bloggy friend? Of course I will. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Now, where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, so ingeniustravel.com is my website and I am also on social media because we have to be <laughs> facebook.com slash ingeniustravel. I also have two Facebook groups. Eat, Drink, and Travel is one of them. Uh, Take a Virtual Vacation is another. Um, my YouTube channel is up and coming. And I am on Instagram as well. Uh, as in Genius Travel as well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And we will leave all those sexy links in the show notes. Um, now, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Well, because we did that shameless plug for using a travel advisor, if you don't use me, that's fine. I am not for everybody, but use one because travel is an ever-changing landscape with everything that's going on. And I would hate to see you spend a lot of money on a trip that you that's a bucket list trip, especially, and you get to the gate and find out either you didn't have the right test or you didn't have the right paperwork and they don't let you board because there's nothing around that. That gate agent at the airport has the authority to turn you away. Ooh, that's good stuff. I mean, this, I think we've had a lot of really good uh, truth bombs, um, but thank you for doing this with me. I really appreciate you. Seriously. Let's do this again soon. Hi again, my bloggy friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode with Maria of Ingenious Travel. All of the links will be in the show notes on bloggyfriends.com. And until next time, may your page views be high and your bounce rate be low.